Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Shipwreck Show. My name is Shipwreck, and I will be your hostess with the mostest tonight. And tonight's guest, I have alien entrepreneur specialist, not a specialist in anything else, though. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Robert Earl White, my guy, how are you tonight? I'm doing wonderful. Doing very good. That was an awesome graphic in the beginning. Really liked it. That was dope. That's right. It doesn't give me a copyright, so I'm here for it. We're, we're all for the aliens and the spaceships. I love all of this stuff. Purple Princess, my beautiful friend. Hello, welcome to the live. It's good to see you. And Sonia and Scott and Lily's Flowers. I'm going to scroll up here. I know you got quite a few people in here tonight. Santana's, welcome to the live. It's good to see you. Terry, hello. I got to scroll up. You had one guy in here at one o'clock this afternoon. I got to make sure I get his shout out done because that was, he... that was Santana's. That was Santana's. Oh, that was Santana's? Yeah. Leaving mm -hmm. all the beautiful emojis. Oh, I born awake in oracle spiritual teaching this guy welcome to the live it is good to see you guys thank you so much for being here from my crew from robert earl white's crew we love you guys thank you so much for being here uh tonight's show oh no we gotta do this disclaimer i'm still getting used to the disclaimer we just started it a week ago but we are in for entertainment purposes only we are a opinion-based podcast uh we are not specialists we are not doctors we are not scientists we are not politicians uh we are simply a guy and a chick who are going to talk about aliens because it's a total conspiracy theory and nothing you should hear, you should take as fact. It's all just made up fairy tale stuff. So simmer down. Don't, don't ban us. Okay. That's it. That's, that's the best I got for now. Do you like that? That was good. That was good. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, ho I'm hoping I don't cross the line because what, what I am going to be saying is some real deep knowledge. So hopefully it uh, don't become too factual. <laughs> No, I'm looking it's, forward it's to this Perfectly fine. <laughs> oh my God. It's crazy. It was so, it's kind of disheartening because YouTube wasn't near as bad to us as TikTok was. When we went down that second time, I was like, well, we're going to have to change something though. Um, so Robert, here we are. And you've got, oh, I got to think here. So I've got all of his links listed in the description below. So make sure you guys go check him out. Everything that he does, his YouTube channel is listed in the channels that we love, which is also listed below. So make sure you go and smash that subscribe button. You will not be disappointed. Okay. You won't be, you will see all of the alien stuff that he does. All of the, the, um, stuff, I don't want to call them flying saucers, like on five, but the flying saucers that he caught on camera. I'm in love with your YouTube channel. I'm here for all of it. Thank you for everything that you do. It's fantastic. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. And I'm really happy to be a part. I've watched a couple of your shows and you have an amazing community of people, you know, the, the shipwreck crew, the anchor gang. Uh, I mm -hmm. don't, I don't know what other names you have, but uh, it's absolutely amazing what you're doing and what you're doing is very similar to what I'm doing. You're providing a place for people to speak their knowledge, their experiences, and ask the hard questions and try to look beyond the everyday, commonly accepted narrative that is put in front of us. And let's listen to one another and come up with our conclusions and our beliefs solely based off of the collective knowledge of many other experiencers and people that come from all sorts of background. And a little bio about me and who I am, Robert Earl White, Order of Light is my production company. I call it a production company because that's how you avoid being on the FBI watch list. Yeah. Right. Hey, if, if we I, like that. <laughs> if I called it a community, uh, you know what would happen. Uh, I would definitely get on there quick. So mm -hmm. uh, it, it's a production company. Take that deep state. So uh, it's a production company. I grew up in Southern New Jersey, all right? South okay. Jersey, uh, not far from the Delaware Bay, Delaware River, all there down there. It's really country. It's not like the Jersey Shore. It's backwoods, got a nuclear plant, no cell phone service, no major highways. It's, it's real backwoods, basically the Alabama, South Jersey. Uh, when I was, uh, once I graduated high school, um, I actually went to Bible college. I became an ordained pastor. I was a youth minister for seven years. I was in a heavy metal Christian band. Uh, I Am History on CI Records, a few other bands on that record label, August Burns Red, Texas in July, just named some. We were touring a lot with Ice Nine Kills. They're on the top 10 chart on iTunes now, so people probably know who they are. 
but okay. um at the at the time they were no different than us <laughs> but um yeah that was back in the early uh, 2000 uh 2010 around there so 2011 okay. um after that i left the church uh i had an incredible experience with something truly remarkable that i couldn't quite understand uh, some sort of light being it was a quite remarkable experience and um can I you left the can you share a little bit i know you've got it so you have a documentary coming up i know you've got a, a premiere coming up tomorrow on youtube is that what kind of this is about or can uh you share that, a little bit of tomorrow it? on my youtube channel mm -hmm. uh for my series i have called we are the disclosure where i'm talking okay. to experiencers are coming on sharing their stories it's episode 19 and uh, my good friend, Daniel uh, A. Sada, Dr. Daniel A. Sada, uh, he's going to be talking about his book, Chronicles of an Octorian Envoy. It's a phenomenal book and kind of what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, this okay. book, it's based off of actual information coming from a lot of the key players in the UFO disclosure community right now. People that are literally, legitly in contact with these beings that are 110% real. So imagine a story. He made the story up based off the of life experience, the knowledge within the extraterrestrial community. And it takes place and it's about a professor, a professor who was raised in mainstream science. And he comes in contact with these beings and that constant struggle and battle between you know, everything he was brought up to learn, A right. equals B. Don't think about Z. Just write it down. Do what you're told. Be a good boy. So that struggle within the science community and the spiritual community, the paranormal community, the extraterrestrial community, the, the uh, so many other communities, I don't even know where to begin. But um, it's a great book. And uh, it's really really great he's a great guy he had a near-death experience really oh. really amazing yeah he had um cancer when he was about five years old and um just i love those i mean i i don't love to hear that people had to go through that but i love hearing these near-death experiences and just uh, when you talk to people that have these there's a resounding although they're all different there's a resounding answer there's something else going on after it happens, you know, mm -hmm. which just proves to the fact that it's all about energy, frequency, and vibration. So um, that will be tomorrow. Uh, okay. I will be making a video about the experience you're referring to, which was April 21st, 2012. I had a blue light being. I was in the, my living room, living in Delaware, small apartment, top floor, blacked out blinds. I was playing with my cat. And this uh, ball of light, uh, a color I've never really seen before. It was blue. And the insides of it, I explain it as electrical water spaghetti. I don't. Okay. Okay. I've never, there's but, nothing to compare it to. Well, like one of them, you remember the balls? Like, remember the balls you used to put your hands on it and it would like give the electricity? That's kind of. Sort guess, of. Kinda, but imagine sort of. like a water. Uh, imagine oh, water yeah. and imagine spaghetti pieces inside of that water, but they're electrified and blue and radiant white all inside of it. I've, ne I, I've never seen anything like it. And I saw it, it only lasted four Mississippis. It was a very quick experience, but before it left, it was three feet in front of me. It sucked itself into itself. And then it made a flash and the flash, the light from the flash, it was razor flat, like paper flat. I've never seen light. All light is circular. When light is shown, it's circular. This thing sucked itself into itself. And when it flashed, it was very flat. I had an awful pain in my head. And then I just started to have, I was overloaded, too much information, whatever that yeah. thing did to me. It brought back a lot of information uh, leading to what happened to me when I was a child, when I had a UFO crash behind my house. My mother mm -hmm. was an abductee in contact with extraterrestrials. So, and 
for most of my life, I tried really hard to kind of bury that. I would talk okay. about it with real close friends. But okay. um, at that moment, when I saw that, that light being, whatever it was, I have my ideas and speculations, but I like to remain in facts of, you know, I, I know what I saw. I don't know okay. every detail of it, but I know what I saw. And at that moment when I saw this, although I was a pastor and I always, I, I lived it religiously. I believed in angels. I believed in God. I believed in all these things. I had a UFO crash when I was about three and a half years old. I grew up knowing 110% that extraterrestrials are real and UFOs are real. And the men in black are real because the men in black are the ones that threatened my family after this UFO crash back in 1991. Ironically, the UFO crash happened April 21st, 1991. When I saw that light being, it was exactly 21 years later, 2012, April 21st. I didn't know the dates. Uh, my family knew the UFO crash happened in uh, 1991. We didn't know the exact date or time because it was covered up so well. And it took me 30 years and I'll get into that. But after I saw this being, with all the knowledge and the things I've seen in my life, for the first time, and I was even in the paranormal ghost hunting and stuff like that, and when I saw this light being, I, I suddenly had this urge of like realizing that I had doubt in me that I didn't even realize I had. Like, I'm like, dude, I'm the strongest believer ever. I'm the most open-minded person, and when I saw this thing I didn't understand in front of me, I realized that, man, I have some doubts buried deep inside of me, you know, uh, doubts I didn't like, even realize, you know, like doubting, like doubting what, like the doubting what you knew to be true with, with the thing. Yeah. Is that like, like what your intuition example, was telling you what it was? Okay. Be, being a super Christian pastor at the time, of course, I believed in angels. I read about crazy. The whole reason I even went, I, I became a Christian or whatever. I'm not a Christian now. But when I first got involved with church, I was about 17 years old. I was actually raised to stay away from the church. But okay. I, I just wanted to do good things and help others. And what sold me on Christianity or whatever, the only reason I actually bought into it whatsoever was because I was reading this book and there was things that were happening in this book that happened to my family that has happened to me. So I'm like, well, this there's a whole entire community of people, Christians that say they believe all the words in this book. And then I get in there and after seven years of being a pastor, I learned that they really don't believe it all. No. It's allegorical. <laughs> you know? I was going to say that doesn't, that doesn't resonate with my Catholic upbringing at all, and, but uh, and, that does. Yeah. Being a pastor studying. It's ironic. You, you go to Bible college to become a pastor because you want to understand everything. Then you learn the history of it and you're like, why would they teach us all of this? <laughs> That's well, what we were the same way. Like we got, I got to a certain they age. They taught like, me not None to of this makes any part sense. Of it. Right. Like, the, like literally the, the Jesus Christ character would want nothing to do with modern day Christianity at all. So right. like you, you learn all this and then that's why I was in a heavy metal Christian band in a van with six other dudes and a merch guy and a manager traveling in a van, sweaty, hot, playing shows every night, helping kids coming from broken homes, single parents like me, you know, and helping them come over addiction and abuse and these amazing things. And I was, I wasn't shoving religion and Jesus Christ down people's throats. I was just showing them love. Because that's one thing, no matter what you believe in, no matter what your philosophy, no matter if you're a Democrat, Republican, it doesn't matter. If everyone would just focus on loving one another, things would be a completely different world and more understanding and accepting of one another. But every now and then you got to stand up and none of us are perfect, including myself. But um, yeah, it was an incredible journey. And that, that doubt I was having, although I believed in all these things and I truly did, I just never seen anything like that. And it was almost like a confirmation at that moment. And when that flash happened, 
it gave me a lot of information. I don't want to go into it. I received the mathematical equation for harnessing an atom of light, what they're doing at CERN, the particle accelerator in Geneva. They know how to get the energy. They don't know how to contain it. Well, I got the math equation. And guess what? They're not getting it. I've never talked about it online. I've never taken a picture of it. It's on paper, written with a pencil, buried deep, and it won't come out because I've studied history. I've seen what the guys who were creating the atomic bomb, I've seen their regrets. I've watched their interviews. And yeah, this... This equation could help produce the energy that could help us get to stars. It could help us fuel a city for 100 years off of one atom. Well, 50 years, to be fair. 50 years off of one atom would fuel an entire city. The problem is they don't know how to harness it. And I'm afraid if this problem comes out, the military complex is going to come right along. And before it becomes something that benefits humanity... They're going to weaponize it just like every other evolutionary technology and knowledge and spirituality. They always find a way to manipulate it. No different with religion. Religion is technology. It's manipulation. No different than uh, splitting atoms. Splitting atoms shouldn't mean massive bomb that wipes out cities. Splitting atoms means... We shouldn't have ACDC currents anyways. You know, yeah, like, oh, uh, this goes back to Nikola Tesla. But ah, I was going to say, we just <laughs> did. We just did a whole show two weeks. It, it's the show that got it taken down on YouTube. What? We talked about, well, we Nikola talked about Barron. We talked about Barron Trump. And, oh, and yeah. Tesla and John Trump. The, Let's talk yeah. about John Trump. We can't, we can't talk about John Trump. Okay, let's that, not talk about him. That's that's what got but, it. It was so unreal. Why, We've, we we talked think about his all nephew of it. made the space force. Off I know. Rumsfeld, we Rumsfeld, talked about it, and know. then they were like, "Listen, this is uh, what did they call it? I don't even remember what they called it. Uh, dangerous acts or something." And they took us down. And it was we 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 literally just we read the whole article about Baron Trump, and we got into the book and all of the stuff, and that was it. There was really nothing else to it. But they took us down, and. That had to. That really has to make you wonder because we've talked about all the same stuff: the aliens, the abductions. We've talked about Q. We've talked about all of all of it, and that is what took us down. Every time I bring up that man's last name, like YouTube gets gets kind of touchy with things. So we yeah. can't. But we did a we did do a whole show on Nikola Tesla. We ended up doing it on Twitch, and that was exactly what I thought about when you told me that you were given that information. Was that when Nikola Tesla went out and he came up with with the uh, I'm drawing a blank. The the particle that he came up with, the the idea that he came up with for energy, they somebody else came up with it too, and then they took it, and then they you, they did exactly that. They weaponized it. They charged people for it unnecessarily. And, and a a big yeah. part of it was when people asked Nikola Tesla, "Where did you get this information? How did you get this?" He said, "From extraterrestrials," and he was picking mm-hmm. up signals from Venus. He was a Venusian. All right, and no different than this light being. I don't think this light being was a Venusian. I believe he was in contact with Venusians, but whatever this light being was, you know, it's the same thing. Truly remarkable. Humans can't just create something out of nothing. Everything is lined up after preconditioning. Everything you think, there's a reason you think it. So to truly get something that no one else has thought, to have a math problem that no one can solve, it has to come from an external source. Whether you call it God, Allah, Vishnu, Quetzalcoatl, shout out to Quetzalcoatl, um, you know, it, 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 it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. It all goes to that same, you know, core, that same core. And The thing about Nikola Tesla, you know, he said extraterrestrials, he was laughed out. Thomas Edison came by, screwed him over, and he died poor, alone, in a New York apartment. And JT, we'll call him JT, came along, Mm -hmm. collected the documents, and a lot of Fortune 500 companies were uh, created off of information they said was completely useless, and that they just threw out all of the greatest yeah. minds of history. They just threw yeah. it all out. They 
yeah. That's the best well way to avoid the copyrights, which YouTube this loves is, so much. They, you know? they just, the whole thing was a time machine. They were like, this isn't a time machine. This isn't time travel. It's just, it's garbage. And then all of a but, sudden, everyone's like, how do you, so, that, that Philadelphia yeah. experiment, the Montauk project yes. was all based <laughs> off of tech. And oh, don't get me started on Bigelow. I mean, if you want more proof, I mean, Elon Musk is trying to do the same thing. That's why he named it Tesla Motors. You know, like it, everyone's paying homage. Those that know, know, and those that don't, whatever. But uh, to kind of bring it all back in, you know, this this experience I had. And shortly after, I ended up in the Middle East where I was teaching English for two years in Turkey, right on the Black Sea. Uh, during that time, it's 2014, and Russia was invading Crimea. And guess what? Okay. I didn't hear nothing. And that was my backyard. <laughs> oh, I wonder why that is. I'm just saying, that ha I've been to Georgia. And when mm -hmm. I was going through Georgia, I saw tanks. And I asked the taxi driver, I'm like, why are all these tanks just sitting around? They were like, Russia invade us. I had no idea. I, I didn't even really yeah. know much about the country, Georgia, at all. I had no idea. I was asking a taxi driver, why are all these tanks just sitting out in this major city? And, uh, yeah, but I lived in Turkey, and I studied uh, ancient Islam. I got to have a lot of amazing uh, experiences. I lived right in the heart of the Hittite civilization, which is one of those lost civilizations. They're the only empire that had a peace treaty with Egypt. That's how powerful they were. And they were lost in history until the 70s, and they were rediscovered. In the city I was living in, there was uh, temples built into the mountains, and mummies were being found. And all the archaeologists that are in Turkey right now, Gobekli Tempe and all the other sites that are there, they're all coming from Germany. They're all German archaeologists. And I got along with them great. I would see them in bars while I was out partying and stuff like that. And oh boy, the things they would tell me. Oh, and it was weird because like the Turkish people like don't even care. They're like, oh, it's just my backyard. You know, like it, right. it, it's, it's weird. They don't really quite realize what they're sitting on and how the energy over there. I've never quite experienced anything like it. But how did you, can I, can I ask you a question? Can I follow up with this? Mm -hmm. How did you get to travel so much like from you know what i'm saying like how did you was this something you did as a minister is this something you just loaded up your van your van and you're like let's just let's go all how did you get to travel to all these really cool different places or what started that well um in my past three years i i did some mission work i went to places like italy but for the most part a lot of our mission work was here i, I was a, i was an advocate like why go to another country when people here need help? So we would go like Reading, Pennsylvania. We would go to hoods and ghettos. I grew up in, I, I was born and raised in the country at a young age. I moved to the hood. I'm not far from Camden, New Jersey, not far from Philly. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in my school growing up. I was the minority, you know, um, there weren't too many white people. I was the only white guy on the basketball team. I'm six foot eight, you know. <laughs> played all the sports and uh, I, I just grew up in that lifestyle, but I was raised, you know, Vietnam vet out in the okay. country. I had a pet deer, grew up hunting, although I, I never killed anything. I love the animals so much, but I love sitting out in the tree and being in the nature. Um, but I, I can, I can hunt if I wanted right. to, if I needed to, but I just, I love animals. So like that, that was kind of like the, Thing. And going back to your question, when I got involved with the band and all of that, you know, we would have a van and be touring to different venues and all of that. We would go out on the road for a month and a month and a half. And we played a lot of different places here in the United States. And uh, down the road, when I got to that point, um, at the time, I went through a really uh, difficult hardship. I lost my band. My church kicked me out and called me a demon because I talked about the experience with the light being I had. Yeah. And my ex-wife at the time left me because she saw the flash. She, it scared her. She was a super Christian and that whole mentality, it's evil. It, the, 
And you, we were talking about this, this philosophy of angels and demons. There's no such mm -hmm. thing. Angel and demon is a terminology used to describe something people don't understand. If it's a positive paranormal situation, if it's a positive something that people don't understand, they call it an angel. If it's a right. negative phenomena that people don't understand, they call it a demon. The point is the word angel and the word demon does not tell you what, where, and who that individual is and their intent. It's a very vague description to categorize things that are bad and things that are good. Indeed, these things exist, but they have names. They have energies. There are many different dimensional densities, and they absolutely do exist. But, but, it's very layered, and we got to okay. be careful at the end of the day, whether you're seeing an angel or a demon, we don't understand either one. So we should, you know, pump our brakes and just take our experiences with these things as what they are. And I think uh, many other different entities, beings, have been misdescribed as that simpleton, not quite evolved human being, just justifying it with one simple word and throwing it all in one category. It's just... It's how we process things. So, that would make sense. That that makes yeah. sense because and they do it. They do it now, even with like your common day stuff, right? Just because they don't understand something. Let's 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 it's talk about my people. Let's yeah. talk about some of my people. The ancient okay. Maya, when when Cortez and the Spanish came over, right before they wiped out all my ancestors. Oh yeah, before that happened. Uh, you know, the Spanish Inquisition, they came over, mm -hmm. they drew a line in the sand, and they said, do you accept Christ? And they didn't know what they were saying, but they saw their golden ships and all the gold on their boats. The Mayans worshipped them as gods. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah. They, yep, they, I do. They, they weren't gods. It's, it's just that, that simplification. Hey, Beth, what's going on? Hi, yeah. Beth. <laughs> yeah, she's going to be on an up-and-coming uh interview i'm oh. doing she's great yeah so um but yeah that's what's going on i i believe it's a misidentification now there are there is negative and there are negative mm -hmm. things that feed off negative energy and there are positive things that feed off positive energy laws of the universe it is what it is so once again i'm not knocking anything within christianity or anything mm -hmm. like that I'm just saying that, you know, instead of taking the easy way out and just calling everything we don't understand an angel and demon, that really doesn't solve the problem. I mean, doesn't the Bible say, know your enemy? If you're calling something a demon, you clearly don't know what it is. You should know by its name where it comes from and what its intent is. And if you know your enemy, then you can truly mess with them. And uh, oh, phew, that would be a good segue into Draconian Reptilians right there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. So you did a video on the Tiki Talk, and it's one of the, my favorite. I think I used the video in the promo, and the video is you holding up a cell phone, and it's got, I wish I would have put it up here, but it's got uh, uh, our old boy Joe Biden. <laughs> Joe Biden standing there, right? And then, in, yes, it's, is it that one? It's still on the my Isn't second it? phone. It's horrible. Every time I touch my phone, I feel like I'm murdering someone in a nursing home. I feel awful. I'm like, I hope I don't poke my unlock screen too hard. I might snap his neck on my cell phone screen. Oh my goodness, poor fragile Joe. Poor guy. I feel poor, bad. I made, for him. I I made a video about this. I well, I don't anymore. I don't think he's. I don't think it's him. Like we've, we've talked, I've made a video about this kind of today too, where we talked about the, the reason that I believe that, that in probably more so in the draconian stuff than not is because I cannot believe with my own logical brain that what, what's happening right here in front of us. Like I, the, none of this makes any sense. What makes sense to me is that he's a draconian lizard that sucks the lives out of babies, which is why he acts like such a horrible leader, right? That makes more sense to me. Um, but Hillary Clinton, so there's, and there's a whole ton of, there's Hall of Hollywood, there's, there's the whole deep rabbit hole of the draconians. 
talk to me a little bit about the draconians. Like, what do you what do you know? What do you believe? All right, what do you think I'll, because I'll back. this is such a complex issue. And towards the end, yeah. everyone that's out there, I know you heard me brought bring up my UFO crash, and mm -hmm. I will talk about that. It's quite remarkable, but just mm -hmm. stay tuned towards the end. So mm -hmm. with draconian reptilians, what are draconians? Firstly. Reptiles are some of the oldest life forms within the entire universe. That needs to be said. Secondly, not all reptilians are awful bad things. Right. All right. There's tons of phenomenal, loving, caring, artistic, musically inclined reptilian species out there that actually work in our best interest. But there are ones who think that because they are so old, the elites, uh, we're, we're not the only culture with elites. Yeah, right. us, us bottom feeders are pretty laid back and chill because we just want a little piece of bread at the end of the day. It all comes down to the elites. And the Draconian elites believe because they are one of the oldest life forms, that they should have reigns to the universe. Okay. And there has been many other humanoid species that have been created, and they've made sure to go and traumatize uh, the Lyra star constellation, the famous Lyra Draconian Wars. If you want preconditioning proof, watch the Thundercats. The Thundercats are the Lani, they're humans, they're not cats. They're human noise that have, I mean, I kind of look like a cat, right? I do now. Yeah. Meow. Like, I, I, I don't look that far <laughs> off from them. So, like, they're, they're humanoids, and some evolve like that and have a little bit more hair and wider nose. Also, the Lani, yeah. they were actually brown. Uh, you know, okay. a lot of the dark pigment people here have that species in them. That's where dark skin comes from. This idea of uh, uh, Hollywood whitewashing trying to convince everyone that extraterrestrials are white. That is a flat-out lie. They come in every color that you can possibly imagine. Now, with the Draconians, the way the Draconians would go out and gain control of so much of the universe as they have, not all of it, okay. their idea of infiltrating is to colonize. They okay. will go to a planet introduce their draconian genetics they will put those draconian genetic hybrid people that may have a lot of other good things in them a lot of other things and uh, whether you believe in evolution or whatever it doesn't really matter what you believe we come from they're they're coming along and mixing their genetics in then those who they introduce their genetics with they put them in places of power and royalty a lot of okay. the famous monarchies which i won't get too much into but uh um, wales and other ones mm -hmm. you know my family crest uh, on my mother's side has a, a dragon and a serpent on it <laughs> i wonder why that is the star constellation of draconians is draconis the dragon we even right. say it so this is how the Draconians would infiltrate, populate. Luckily, there's been a lot of other stuff going on in the universe, and there are beings here that are working in the shadows and trying to clear out. A lot of the physical ones have been pushed out, especially okay. with this planet raising density and vibration. The planet's scientifically, planet's spinning faster and faster every day. As this continues, our density and vibrational frequency is going to get higher and higher. Unfortunately, these old, old Draconians, like Rico Reptilian back there, they are strong third density beings. Because they are so old, they're very grounded in a low frequency, a low vibrational state. So the planet Earth raising to a higher vibrational state is really, really bad for business for our scaly friends. No doubt about okay. it. Another problem with that. So that's how- Wait, 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 I, I, have a, I have a quick question. No, no, you're fine. I wanna keep going with it. 
So when you talk about the earth's vibration raising, right, is that something that the earth does naturally or is that something that the people of the earth have to come together and do together? We talk a lot about that in Both. the mornings. Both. Okay, Both. perfect. Okay. It, it happens naturally down density and up density and sometimes orbital pulls play a part of this. Like when our okay. moon was pulled to our planet, our satellite, the moon was placed there that did a lot on our gravity as well and okay. our density it controls the oceans the tides you know there, there's certain things in planetary alignments that uh can manipulate uh decrease or increase dimensional things a second part of that are the beings and that are on that planet what are they doing are they fighting one another constantly and causing a low negative vibration? Are they trying to come together and be uh, more aware of how they're connected to everyone and everything, even the okay. things we don't like? Um, that's how we raise this vibrational thing. And it's important to note that the Draconians weren't the only ones going around and introducing their genetics within different species. But this is the excuse they use because when other species would say, well, we have 5,000 of our genetic specimens on that planet, the Draconians would say, well, look at who's running the planet. We're the owners. This is right. how they do. So this is a part of their uh, conquering method. So all these celebrities and Joe Biden and everyone else, keep in mind that all U.S. presidents and myself, we all share the common ancestor, Don't King John of England. Let's talk about yeah. that. Uh, sure. No quadinky-dink that all the presidents except for two, all are related to the same draconian monarchy. And... All right, so a lot of these, they're the bloodlines, they're the genetic hybrids, but here's the kicker. If you're on this planet, regardless of where you come from or what genetics you have in you, it doesn't matter because we're all on the same rock together. And that is our greatest downfall. Um, so when it comes to all these different characters, that's what's going on. But the Draconian reptilians were not the only ones involved with this. You have the Anunnaki. You have many okay. other humanoid species that were coming here and putting their genetics into the melting pot of Terra, Gaia, Mother Earth. That's what's going on. And, you know, eventually people get to a point where they travel, they leave, and that's really one of the main objectives. For example, we haven't went to Mars yet, but what is the number one thing you hear about when you hear about talks of going to Mars? Colonization, colonization, mm -hmm. colonization. Mm -hmm. You don't hear about anything else. Anytime it's brought up, the number one thought is colonized. Could it be possible that other beings that look just like us, because there are humanoids, you know, uh, other beings that look just like us are doing the same thing, you know? And then this other side of that, not only genetic livestock, materials, materials, mining, that's a big thing. And some planet systems, what they'll do if they have, say, six planets, and say four or three of those planets are habitable, they will use the other two or three planets to mine for all of their needs. Why destroy your planet getting oil and things like that when you can just get all of that from a dead planet that has no life on it? Right. So, that, so a lot of beings are going throughout the universe because they need to find new places to get these resources so they don't wipe out their home. And that's why the Anunnaki came here to get monatomic gold, which was found in the Mediterranean, but not anymore because the Anunnaki took it all out. Monatomic gold is molecule form of gold. Very good okay. for restoring a planet's atmosphere. Gold is one of the highest conductors. And no matter what, it uh, reflects radiation. Gold reflects radiation. Okay. Now, if you pour something on gold, 
let it sit there for a thousand years, nothing would go into that gold. It's a very strong property because gold is literally pieces of stars. And what are we? Stardust. What is everything in the universe? Stars. Gold is stars. Why is gold the only thing that has always been valuable? Paper money wasn't all the way around. My ancestors no. created modern day currency, the Templars. All right. So right. Let, let, let's let's talk about the banking system and privatized banking. All right. So let's do it. gold, gold has always been it because gold is the essence of everything. Stardust. That's what it is. That's why it's so valuable. That's why it's been the main stock. You know, our paper currency is backed by gold. Oh. Highest conductor. Why do you think the James Webb Telescope and all NASA use it for the coating on the outside, this golden paper? It reflects radiation. If you, For all of you that don't believe that NASA is real and space is fake, all right, and then uh, they're using it to travel out in Arizona or something. But, you know, like, you know, the gold, regardless, scientifically, it has a lot of amazing properties and it makes sense. And a lot of these extraterrestrials, they consume this monatomic gold, this molecule form gold, because it okay. prolongs their life, prolongs your life. You know, it's That's, interesting. Uh, it, it doesn't matter who we bring on, what their ideas about everything are, how deep the conspiracy is. It doesn't matter if it's politics. doesn't matter if it's Q. Gold is always the topic of one of the conversations. And it doesn't matter whether it's Hollywood. It always goes back to gold. So it's really interesting that you you brought that up as how this all ties back. I didn't know that gold could um, protect that's you why, against radiation. That's why Rico got some gold chain. <laughs> got he got the Cuban link around his neck. Oh, um, go. <laughs> but yeah, it can protect you from radiation. It reflects it because in order to block a star, you need a star. Right. That makes sense. They can't it's there. Out. It's yeah. just when we learn what gold is, we're not taught that in school. We're, we're never taught what gold actually is. When a star explodes and it shoots out going millions, millions miles per hour and it collides into planets and gets embedded that's gold that's what gold is it's pieces of stars that's i think they taught us so in valuable. school that it was was made in the rocks i think if i remember right, i'm trying to think because way back like i was in like grade school but i want to say that that's what we were taught i don't know how old you are we're generation they, x but that's well, what they they, they try to pitch it the same yeah. as like a cavern right okay yeah they they try to pitch it as it's a natural like it's oil something that's just formed. right that but it naturally that, happens that's Correct. not it it's pieces Crazy. of stars hitting this planet and getting lodged within and melting into the bedrock that's why you'll be like carving something out in an entire cave and not find find any gold and then you just find one little piece you know it's fragments uh imagine when a sun explodes imagine it as a buckshot versus a standard right. bullet all right it's a buckshot a massive buckshot and the pieces that get lodged from this buckshot into planets that's gold the little bb fragments we're finding that that's the gold that's what it is definitely that's crazy. never ever 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 have heard that never I've, I guess I've never really thought to ask either I just always kind of ran with the this is but now that makes more sense because why it's such a hot commodity all the time and why everybody insists on having it right all of the elites seem to have gold all around them all the time the churches the Vatican. I mean the Vatican's like packed with gold so that makes sense that it would be that way um mm -hmm. so we're coming up we got we got about 15 minutes left and I do want to come back to your story because I did promise people that we would get to the story we promised so I, it let's get back we did to it. we promised them we would get back to the story and like I said oh. I only want you to share as much as you you want to because I know that like I said you got a, the whole video if you want to watch it more in depth you guys again go check out his YouTube channel listed in the channels we love go hit that subscribe button um and it's I think it's I want to say it's down a ways in one of your playlists and you can go and check out the in-depth but Give us the high-level fairy tale or the tale or the one-page story of, of the UFO crash. And you I got you. Okay, I got you. So, and to, to let everyone know, if you go to my YouTube channel, you got to scroll mm -hmm. down. You'll see my newest uploads. Scroll down a little bit. 
then you will see a documentary. I have four different parts and I have two amazing interviews. One of the interviews is with my big sis, Elena Danan, awesome, and Laura Eisenhower, the granddaughter of President Eisenhower. Very interesting yeah. itself. Uh, she, I love Laura Eisenhower. She's great, wonderful. Probably the best interview I've ever done. So definitely check that out. You'll see it all in the same playlist. So, all right. I've told okay. this story so many times. Here we go. It's known as the Lower Alloways Creek incident here in southern New Jersey, not far okay. from the Salem County Hope uh, Creek nuclear plant. Uh, there was a creek that came off the nuclear plant that went directly behind my house. There was an old single lane bridge made out of wood with tar on the top, one car at a mm -hmm. time. A lot of foxtails, a lot of marsh, and we had a, a small tree line. And then on the other side of that, I had my aunt's house. And I had our house, and it was April 21st, 1991, at 10.18 p.m. My aunt was getting ready for bed, and she went to her bathroom in her top story. And as she was getting ready to use the bathroom, she looked out her back uh, bathroom window, and above the tree line, she noticed, and quick note, it was uh, raining the night of the incident. The cloud coverage was 1,200 foot. So, just to put that out there this thing was low it was about a telephone pole or two above the tree line to give you an idea how low this thing was and my aunt was seeing this object it was uh elongated so not not a tr3b a not, lot of people think not this not a perfect triangle more like a a, a spade elongated and on the three corners there was three blue lights and a crazy white plasma-ish light. Can't explain it. We don't have okay. a light source like that. But it was some sort of plasma in the center of it. And it was black from what we could see of it. And just really sharp and kind of thin looking and hovering there. Completely silent. Not making a sound. Not moving it. How, how big was it? Like... It was, have you, um, I mean, most people don't get to see helicopters up close and personal, but if you I saw have... a large size military, uh, say a Black Hawk, imagine, okay, yeah. but up, up close, uh, imagine it like that close to you, you know how large it is when you're standing on a tarmac mm -hmm. next to it. Or I, I, I would say the length, maybe even a Huey. A little less okay. than a Huey. Somewhere's in between like a Black Hawk and a Huey in its length. But it was very, very thin, very sharp looking. It was hard to see. It was raining at night. But what really stood out were the three blue lights. And from the illumination of that, you could see a little bit. And that bright, that it was a blinding light, whatever that light in the center was. So you couldn't really focus on it too much. But my aunt's watching this and she goes, what the heck is this? She walks to her bedroom. She calls my mother who was sitting next door. She was watching a baseball game with two of her girlfriends. I was upstairs in bed. My bed was right underneath the back window. So uh, I'll get to that. But my mom okay. walks to the back of the house to pick up the kitchen phone. And the back of the house and the kitchen was facing the same area. Because right over the tree line was the creek. Foxtails, mud, marsh, and that bridge. And my mother's watching it, and she goes, oh, my God, what is that? And her girlfriends that were watching the Phillies baseball game, they hear the commotion, and they go running over, and they go, what is it? What is it? And at that point, I heard, the because I was up in bed, I heard the commotion of the, oh, my God, what is it? You know, and, like, right. the running towards the back of the house. So, like, I kind of peeked up, like, because I, 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 I didn't know what they were looking at, but I could tell they were moving towards the back of the house. So I got curious. And at that point, I'm looking at this thing. So they're all watching it. The whole thing took place about five, six minutes. As they're watching this, all of a sudden, all simultaneously, all simultaneously, a white ball of light or a beam of light came down, hit the craft, red and orange sparks start shooting out of it. The center of it with that white light imploded on itself and the exterior of the craft 
exploded as a normal explosion would happen. The trajectory of the debris was about 150 yards to 300 yards, I would say. And I actually believe that I have some of this debris. I, I've had it checked out. It's shell, iron, and nickel stacked. Uh, really what? You can't, so that is from the actual... It's from the site, and look at how magnetic it is. That's crazy. And it's uh, it's iron shell and nickel, but it's uh, it's stacked in a way that's so weird. It's almost stacked like a slate. You know how like right. slate is? It's it's stagged somehow. Very strange. And I found those debris on the tar that they used to preserve the bridge. Two years ago, I went out there and I'm like, if something exploded here and there was tar on this old wooden bridge, pieces were hot enough, especially with the removal that was going on and the big trucks, they could have pushed some of that into the tar and it, it got pushed back. It got worn right. down. And 30 years later, I was looking and, you know, with a magnet and stuff like that and seeing what I could find. I found a lot of junk. It's an old iron bridge. There is right. an old iron bridge, so there was a lot of rust pieces, but it was clearly rust and rust trunks. Whatever that is, it's truly something else. So, anywho, this thing exploded. What was left of the craft after that center part sucked itself into itself, the rest of the craft came directly down. My mother instantly hung up the phone. I want to make this point. Whether it's a private military aircraft or a UFO filled with extraterrestrials coming from another star constellation. When you see a craft that large explode behind your house, we were ducking. We thought the debris was going to hit our house. It was just a right. trajectory. It didn't. It didn't hit our house. But just the look of it, something that big, you think it's going to hit. Like when you right. watch a firework, right? You see this giant firework. You're like, oh, I'm going to get hit with pieces. But you don't get hit with pieces when you're watching it. You know, well, if you're watching good fireworks, uh, right. but I have been hit with pieces, but, uh, you. you know, it was one of those situations. My mother hung up the phone. And I know I'm spitballing this. It's because of time. I'm trying to get through it. My mother hung up the phone. She called 911. She was smart enough not to report it as a UFO. She said some sort of aircraft just exploded behind our house. That's it. What else do you have to say? That's all that right. it was at that point. My mother hung up the phone. Ten minutes afterwards, the police came, took an initial report. Where, what, when? They went to my aunt's house. Where, what, when? Then they were gone. I don't know what they did for the rest of this incident. 25 minutes later, we have two black cars pull into our driveway. Out of the one car, a gentleman from Dover Air Force Base dressed in Air Force attire. And out of the second town car, were two gentlemen wearing black suits with white undershirts and hats. No sunglasses because it's okay. raining at night. Um, they looked human. Family didn't think anything was weird about it because we just had this aircraft explode behind our house. Of course the government should be coming here. And it wasn't weird to see someone from the right. Air Force there. And we just thought that the uh, two gentlemen, the men in black, we just thought they were government officials like paperwork guys you know the general mm -hmm. asked the questions and we just thought they were going to document and like journal it we didn't know we were country folk you know my mom my mom was 22 years old single mother country girl high school graduation you know like that's it right. just to give it i was three and a half years old so um a lot of stuff went down we okay. soon after we found out why those people were there and I will say this, not once did they ever ask about the UFO crash. The Air Force gentlemen and the two men in black, they never asked my mother. The first thing that really came out their mouth, they pulled out the men in black, sat my mom and her two girlfriends down. They pulled out a notepad and a pencil, and they asked my mom and her two girlfriends if they could draw three different kinds of extraterrestrials and sat it down. My mother's two very religious backwoods country area. We were some super Christian folk. My mom's two girlfriends started laughing. Like, what's this nonsense? Right? Are you I would have too. kidding me? It was, uh, and it was later. It happened at 10 18. So at this point, it's about 10 40 at night. And the night before, right. my family was 
Uh, my mom was out partying with a couple friends. They were tired. They were watching the baseball game. Like they were tuning out. They were about to pass out. And uh, so her two girlfriends start laughing. And at that point they went ahead and left because it was the late night and they didn't think anything strange about it other than these two guys and this air force guy asking, draw three different extraterrestrials. Long story short, my mother did that. And that was preceded uh, the gentleman in the air force. They use hypnosis regression therapy for soldiers that have uh, post-traumatic stress disorder when they need intel from a traumatic uh, combat situation where a soldier blocks out, uh, they will use regression therapies. They are trained in this, and it's a great way to get intel out of people. They did a brief one, and at that moment, that's when my mother realized she was being taken by beings she didn't understand. And it was something that was going on since her birth, and it lasted up till the day she died. And, you know, at that time... They did a brief regression, five, ten minutes, very brief. My mom just started talking, you know, the white light coming in, seeing the beings, all this. She was in the hybrid program. They were using her embryos and eggs, etc., to create okay. uh, these uh, hybrids that can't survive here on Earth, but they were using them. And the species that was doing this, they're known as the tall whites or the Kili Tocort coming from the Vela star system. They're called the tall whites, but they're gray extraterrestrials. They're just very tall and they have a very white skin. So people call okay. them tall whites, but they're technically what we would call gray extraterrestrials. Uh, they're mercenaries uh, involved with a lot of things I don't want to talk about on YouTube, but for some reason... They had an interest to be manipulating with my mother's embryos and eggs. My mother had a lot of physical issues and problems. But to skip all that, my mom asked them three simple questions. And if you want to know those questions, go watch uh, any of the documentaries. I go over it. But my mom did ask the men in black questions, three simple questions. Are they dangerous? Why don't people know about them? And what would happen if something happened to my baby, me, or my elderly grandfather, and these beings had me on a craft somewhere? And I will give you that answer. The men in black replied, they use small grays that stay behind. And if anything was to happen to you, they would have you back. And the men in black went like this, and, and they snapped. But when they snapped, it was like, look at what we can do. They, they looked human, but... When they were holding the pencil, they were holding a pencil like they never held a held pencil. pencil. We, we hold pencils in school. They were holding it like, kind of like, you know, mm. fist, just weird. It, mm. it's, you want to know why? Because they're draconian cyborgs. They're the ones that control the narrative. When my mom asked... She said, you know, why don't people know about these things? The Men in Black 1991 said, we're doing everything we can by preconditioning. And within the next 10 years, you will see signs of extraterrestrials in all movies, books, and movies and media. Shortly after X-Files came out, years down the road, Men in Black came out. When these movies came out, my mom and I, we were laughing at them because the Men in Black told us. And then mo most important part of this story, after those three questions, which you can watch that to see all that, um... They asked, do you have any other questions? My mom said, no. They said, okay, tomorrow there's going to be a lot of UFO investigators, a lot of news agencies. Hollywood's going to be reaching out. You will report it as a helicopter or we will take your son away. I was just oh, about snap. four years old. My mother was a 22-year-old single mother. And this is how they treat people like that for a false sense of national security. Now you know why I have my vendetta. This is my vendetta, and this is why I'm doing what I'm doing, because they can threaten my mother, but they will not threaten me over my dead body. No way. It's not happening. I'm not afraid of them, and I will take them on head on, because there are beings in the universe that are more powerful than them. That's important. So... My mom said, okay. She played the script. The next day, Philadelphia News on there, 
a MUFON came out, a bunch of other people, and they were all playing a mysterious helicopter crash in southern New Jersey. No helicopter was ever reported missing. It was right near a nuclear plant, a no-fly zone. All mm-hmm. mil- I have phone transcripts from all the military bases except Dover Air Force Base, which was actually involved. That's the only quote I didn't have. Um, and I had the FAA flight logs, all that. There was right. no craft reported missing. Nothing should have even been flying there. With that being said, at the actual crash site, I had a cousin on the uh, the fire squad. He was the captain. The firefighters were approaching the scene and they saw the marsh all really tore up. No, no fire marks. There was no burn marks anywhere. So for anyone that says, oh, it was a military advanced plane or it was a drone, if any of those things would have blown up, there would have been burn marks. We're dealing with something that implodes on itself and doesn't necessarily flammable explode. It's technology we don't comprehend. I I don't, I definitely don't understand it. Well, I kind of do, but I won't get into it. But so... As the firefighters are approaching, they see a Coast Guard cutter boat out in the stream, uh, the Lower Alloways Creek, which is pretty big. I said stream, but it's pretty big. There's a Coast Guard cutter boat there, with, and there was black tarps all over the marsh. And the Coast Guard flagged down the firefighters who were sitting really high up in the fire truck, and they said the situation is under control. They ordered them back around. Once they got to the firehouse, there was it was the local hangout. We had no bars, restaurants, or stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, the firehouse was the local hangout. There was two women there, and they heard the firefighters come back, start saying what they witnessed. It was really strange. They don't know what's going on. These nosy country girls, different shifts, one after another, went there. The first one saw a... Um, a tree removal service there removing trees, cutting down mm-hmm. trees. And, you know, 20 more, 25 minutes pass. She comes back. The other girl goes. And by that point, that was like 40 minutes after her getting back. The other girl goes after hearing and getting all curious. And there was a flatbed truck, a plain flatbed truck with black tarp materials on the back of it. They had the whole site cleared within two hours. My mother was on the phone until 5 o'clock in the morning from 2 a.m. to 5 o'clock in the morning on the phone with four search and rescue helicopters looking for something that the Gloucester County Coast Guard and Dover Air Force Base already removed in that right. area. And That's so crazy. Not to get too much into it, but... Uh, my mother was an experiencer. I grew up knowing these things. She had many amazing experiences. Uh, she was. She says she was never afraid, but she was in contact with some beings that were really positive and giving her words of encouragement and positivity and helping her. And then there were other beings where they were using her for, um, we can just call it experimentation, scientific. Uh, they don't have any emotions attached to so it's kind of hard to say well they're just mean but they're not mean they don't have emotion they're they're that soul matrix that source right. energy that connects us all some of these beings created they don't operate quite like that because they're artificially designed you know uh ai can only have so much of a consciousness even though consciousness is ai you know, it's uh, yeah. it's a double-edged sword there. But, um, you know, and this phenomenon went on. I, at a young age, I watched my mother get ridiculed, mocked, laughed, and I learned to keep my mouth shut, and that's right. what I did. Uh, I remember being six years old watching, like, at a campfire, and she would be – someone would bring up a Spielberg movie or something, you know, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And my mom would start telling this story and telling her experience and like her best friends and they would start laughing at her. She would start crying. She would run off. And I knew she was telling the truth because I was there, but I was only like six years old and I'm surrounded by a bunch of people partying, you know, and these are people that are like family and close to my mom. So I'm like, you know, what, what could I do? I just learned if I wanted to have friends and be successful, I just need to keep my mouth shut. 
and that's what I did. And I became a pastor, professional musician. I was an English teacher teaching a Cambridge curriculum in Turkey. That's what I was doing. I was teaching some of the most influential minds in Turkey, politicians, military generals, professors, uh, all sorts of phenomenal people. That was the age group, college, university students teaching them English. Um, it was a lot of fun. I learned so much. And I'm a disclosure advocate now trying to help those that have had experiences because after 30 years of not having evidence, I finally found the evidence after 30 years. Right. Phenomenal That's evidence. Crazy. Two months after my mother passed away. So my mother never got to have that validation. And that's why I made it a mission to help others share their experience. And when my show, We Are the Disclosure on my YouTube channel, my co-host Josh Mayota and myself, we're not interrogating our guests. We're just listening and we're asking mm -hmm. questions and we're trying to be there and build a support system for people because I spent a lot of nights crying because it was extremely difficult knowing that something absolutely exists, but you live in a world that says it doesn't. And uh, that's unbearable for anyone to go through. None of us are in a position to question someone's reality. None of us have that right. Regardless of what that reality is, that's important. We got to be open-minded. We don't have to agree with everything. But when we don't agree with something, let's just try to zip it. Just listen, meditate on it, and allow that person to create the reality they want. Because at the end of the day, none of us know anything. I know absolutely nothing. I am absolutely a stupid person. And I'm only saying that because anyone that has spent the time and research, the more you learn, the less you know. And I that's the truth. And anyone saying they have the truth, you should run the other way because they are lying and deceiving you. I love it. And I think that is probably one of the best ways we could end the live. Robert, this was so amazing. This was so we good. We are so the disclosure. Yes. You are. We are. We, we. are. Well, no, yeah, no, we are. I, we all are. We are. What you're doing, everyone that's watching this right now, much love to uh, the shipwreck crew, the anchor crew, everyone that came out. I really appreciate it. And uh, you can definitely check out the YouTube. So, yeah, if you want to take us out and close us out, let's do it. <laughs> You guys, Robert, thank you so much for coming on. You guys, make sure to go check out his YouTube channel again. And again, it's listed in the channels we love, which is down below um, in its own little playlist. And then his links are all listed in the description here of this here live. Robert, this was so much fun. Thank you for coming on. Thank you guys for being here. Today is Monday, so tomorrow is Tuesday. Tomorrow we have, I have to check. I just did the thing, and now I have to check because I have forgot. We have got Dare to Know coming on tomorrow. He's going to talk about Flat Earth and, and the non-believers of Flat Earth and how he's kind of dealing with those and get his version of Flat Earth and kind of see where he's he's at with everything. So that's it. That's all we got. You guys, we love your faces. Keep her moving. Take it easy. Tell your mom I says hi and watch out for Dare. Bye, guys. Mm -hmm.